Hey guys, this is Stephen Cleveland, goalkeeper with the Seattle Sounders, and this is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, Charles Hammaker. Uh, episode 124, I, I looked at it uh, just a few hours ago. We have been running this show, not skipping a week um, since Tuesday, July 22nd, which is insane to think about. So thank you to everybody who is new, uh, you know, whether it's um, July 22nd, I should say, um, of 2020, that is. Um, I would like to thank, you know, everybody who's new, whether it's your, your uh, recently listening from how often we've been posting on social media um, or to, you know, those who have been around uh, since the time uh, that that began or even before then. So uh, with that being said, we'll get right into the news as per usual, starting off with our Seahawks here who are in their off season. Uh, with that being said, off season has in a way begun uh, for the team uh, the Seahawks parted ways with defensive coordinator Ken Norton Jr., as well as defensive passing game coordinator Andre Curtis. Um, if you don't know, Pete Carroll's loyalty to Ken Norton Jr. dates back to USC in 2004. And then Andre Curtis had spent the past seven seasons with the Seahawks. So, you know, with that being said, and, you know, with the news of Norton being out of the way, out of the way, um, not with the program anymore, um, it's 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 an interesting situation now because um i have to admit i've been on either side of the of the the coin here with ken norton junior you know um he's obviously been somebody who uh has been a big part of the discussion um in the Seahawks organization, whether it's the way the defense is played or, you know, the talent on the defense, all that, blah, blah, blah. Just the, the defense as a whole um, has been a, ta- a topic of discussion for several years, right? Um, but, I mean, if we look back to this past season, 2021-2022 season, um, the Seahawks were in the top 10 um, for defensive points allowed uh, for most all of the year, I believe. So to make this move, you know, um, and obviously he's a guy that seems to be well-respected within the organization, um, you know, had a successful tenure as a linebackers coach. Um, and I would have, you know, liked for him to have stayed as a linebackers coach. Um, but... <laughs> Um, the, the only way that I can say that this is a sort of surefire, uh, like a known positive, like something that I can put all my confidence in and say, yes, you know, this is a good move for Seattle. You know, this, the decision, this was a good decision, right? Is that if you bring in a person to do the job that, is you know has a guaranteed tenure uh is well respected um and isn't going to be a yes man i guess you could say um but you know with that being said looking at the list of people who are the early uh candidates uh for 
the defensive coordinator job. You're looking at uh, Wink Martindale, of formerly um, of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, led the number two pass uh, points, defensive points allowed defense in the league last season with the Ravens. Has always been an attacking defensive coordinator. Uh, Clint Hurt, the current Seahawks defensive line coach, is also being interviewed for the Miami Dolphins defensive coordinator spot. Uh, Sean Desai, the Bears defensive coordinator. Ed Donatel, the Broncos defensive coordinator. And Joe Witt Jr., uh, the Cowboys passing game coordinator, the defensive passing game coordinator under Dan Quinn, former Seahawks defensive coordinator. Um, I, You know, if we look at it right now, I don't necessarily have a surefire uh, somebody that I would like to see right now. Among those names, uh, Martindale hasn't necessarily been talked about um, in relation to the job, but I would like to see him at least interviewed. Um, but would certainly, it would be a change for Seattle. A Seattle, you know, 4-3 defense, you know, uh, Martindale to, to tending to run a three, four defense, it would be a whole different change. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if that would be a thing that Seattle would do, but it would be nice to at least maybe hear that the organization took a look at him. Right. So, but, you know, at least in the early going of it, uh, I don't really have a clear favorite, you know, something that I could say, yeah, I would really like to see, this guy and it would be you know like a win-win um so at, at the moment i i don't see that um but it's it's gonna be certainly gonna be an interesting decision there because you know as we talked about in the last few weeks this is such an important off season um you have to get these things right it, you know just like last season you were hoping that uh, these things would be taken care of and they would be taken care of and the uh, certain things would be shored up. You know, you'd hope that it would be a big year this year and that we would be playing at this time. Um, but that wasn't the case. And now it's kind of a situation where we're in this awkward limbo again, where there's the bullshit rumors about Russell Wilson. Uh, there haven't, been like a clear statement about Pete Carroll's job or John Schneider's job. Um, so, you know, um, it would be nice to get some clear direction right now, or at least some, you know, for sure statements. Uh, but we don't really have that right now. So, excuse me. Uh, until then, we will keep you updated as things continue to move on. Um at the current moment, the that is all we have about the Seahawks itself. We do have a, a flurry um, of league-related news just because I like keeping you guys up to date with what's going on around the league as well, um, especially when there's not much Seahawks stuff to talk about. In league news, on the 18th of January, the Jets were reportedly willing to trade their number 10 overall pick in this year's draft. Uh, and Houston general manager Nick Casario stated that it is more than likely that Deshaun Watson does not play another down for the Houston Texans. On the 19th, the Jacksonville Jaguars are uh, were to in- interview Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus for their head coaching job, was reportedly the first known finalist for that job. Jim Harbaugh was reportedly tied to the Las Vegas Raiders head coaching job and was said to be ready to accept 
if he was offered that position. Another insider report shortly after that prior report came out stated that this may just be leverage for a new Michigan contract for Harbaugh. Um, on the 20th, the league moved to dismiss the John Gruden suit. The NFL says the allegations it leaked ex Raiders coach John Gruden's emails are baseless and accuses him of painting himself as the victim. Also on the 20th, Dak Prescott was fined $25,000. The Cowboys quarterback was fined for his postgame comments regarding fans throwing objects at officials. That was an interesting situation. Um, if you don't know about that, obviously the Cowboys lost their playoff game. Um, and, you know, you can blame it on that last second referee trying to spot the ball. That has to happen anyway. There's no way that anyone else can spot that ball the way that it did. Um, regardless, though, um, Dak Prescott is, was asked about uh, the fans throwing things on the field and said that shouldn't be a thing that happens. That's classless, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then one of the reporters said, oh, it might have been towards the officials. And Dak Prescott basically said, yeah, then they should do that. You know, good job on them. It's, you know, you can't say that kind of shit. Um, also on the 20th, we have some more coaching related stuff. The Texans interviewed former quarterback and journeyman Josh McCown for their head coaching job, which is a really odd decision. Um, in my opinion, I, I don't really understand that. Um, <laughs> The New York Giants hired Joe Schoen as their general manager. He used to be the Bills' assistant general manager. Uh, the Giants were also reportedly eyeing Brian Flores or Dan Quinn for their head coaching job. And the Carolina Panthers hired Ben McAdoo. Yes, Ben McAdoo for their new uh, offensive coordinator job. Uh, McAdoo formerly spent time as the Giants head coach. And it's wild to me that Ben McAdoo has a head coaching job well not a head coaching job but a coaching job um in the NFL again <laughs> on the 21st of January uh Jim Caldwell denies false reports Caldwell denies headlines that he turned down interview requests from the Vikings and Raiders stating that they were not true the NFL updated its COVID protocols the league will eliminate distinction between vaccinated and unvaccinated players for daily testing and Antonio Brown stated that NFL teams have contacted him. Brown claims that a few teams have reached out to him. On the 22nd of January, after their playoff loss, uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers says he will take time to think about his future. With the loss, Aaron Rodgers is now 0-4 all-time against the San Francisco Santa Clara 49ers in the playoffs. On January 23rd, uh, Sean Payton uh, reportedly is not sure about his future. Uh, Payton has not informed the Saints that he will return yet and could reportedly take a season off before joining a new team. Also in relation to future, Brady's future, Tom Brady uh, is unsure about his decision. Some sources believe that the Buccaneers repeating as champs increases the likelihood of Brady retiring. That was before the Buccaneers lost to the Rams in the playoffs. Um, January 24th, Antonio Brown stated that he wants to play with Lamar Jackson. Jackson seems to be interested. The Broncos reportedly are now down to three head coaches, head coaching candidates, those being Dan Quinn, Nathaniel Hackett, and Kevin O'Connell. New Orleans Saints uh, owner Gail Benson is unsure about Sean Payton retiring as well, stating that I don't think any of us know if about the Saints head coaching's Saints head coach's future. Um, 
the latest Bears head coaching finalists were announced. They were Dan Quinn, Jim, Jim Caldwell, Matt Eberflus, and Dennis Allen. Byron Lefrich is a Jaguars head coaching finalist. Uh, he will have his second interview with Jacksonville for their head coaching job. Uh, the Packers reportedly want Aaron Rodgers back. Matt LaFleur said that there is no debate in the front office about keeping the quarterback in Green Bay. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is debating his future. The Buccaneers tight end tweeted with caution about next year, not sure about what he will do. Um, and then Tom Brady, once again, Brady says his wife will have an influence on his future. Brady says that uh, Giselle Bunchen, uh, his her feelings will be an important factor in his decision. So, uh Personally, if you ask me if we're seeing we saw the last of Brady, I do not think so. That just does not gel with what I've seen of Tom Brady over the career that the parts of his career that I've been alive for, which, oh, technically, right? Yeah. Um, But it just I don't see him going out like that. It's just not doesn't seem to be. um. I don't know. It doesn't line up with what I know about Tom Brady. So I doubt it. Um, Heading over to our MLB news with the MLB lockout. Uh, Still dealing with the lockout things, but there's some keynotes along the way as well as potential progression. On January 18th, Carlos Correa was reportedly seeking at least $330 million before the MLB lockout began. Also on the 18th, the MLB nixed the idea of the Tampa Bay Rays playing half of their home games in Montreal. Uh, The team will now have to look for a new space in the Tampa Bay area. Again, though, I think we talked about it like a few months ago uh, with this potential idea of playing in Montreal. That's just so ridiculous to me. Um, And it's just so funny seeing, um, I believe it's Tropicana, I believe it's the Trop. how empty it can be for a, an organization that, you know, pretty often fields a playoff team and you've got Randy Rosarena. I mean, uh, so certainly, um, excuse me, it'll be, uh, It'll be funny to see how that plays out and uh, more Tampa Bay. The Rays will figure that situation out um, on January 20th. Robot umpires will be used in AAA next season. The MLB will experiment with an automated strike zone in the highest minor league level. Also the MLBPA expected were expected to make an offer on Monday. The players union is expected to make a counter offer to the MLB's proposal in its second meeting since the lockout began. And then on Monday, uh, on January 24th, MLB and the MLB Players Association will now meet again on Tuesday. So no deal was made on Monday, obviously, but both sides had put out a general idea of what they wanted to do and are discussing further. The league, though, is reportedly open to losing games over the outstanding issues in the collective bargaining agreement talks, which isn't helpful. Um, it was uh, pretty good to see that the there was going to be those continued talks excuse me from both sides of it but i'm not a super huge fan of the fact that excuse me the league is willing to say i screw it we're gonna miss some games that's fine yeah not not the biggest fan of that i could uh 
could go without that. Um, this is your time to check out Homs Seattle. That is H O M S S E A T T L E dot com. That is Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Heading over to our Seattle Sounders news here. The team signed a bunch of players uh, from last year to new deals, um, bringing back more key players um, from the unit that was third in the MLS uh, Western Conference this past season. Kellen Rowe signed a two-year deal that ends after 2023. Stephen Cleveland signed a two-year deal with a club option for 2024. Will Bruin signed a one-year deal with a club option for 2023. Alex Roldan signed a three-year deal with a club option for 2025. Freddie Montero signed a one-year deal with a club option for 2023. So I think we, you know, to go back to what we talked about last week, you know, um, to go back to what we talked about last week, um, you know, with the Sounders bringing back, so many of their key contributors from last season, you know, a group that when healthy and, you know, even not when healthy, some of these players showed incredible efforts. Um, but, you know, the, to focus back on it, when healthy, this group is, you know, some of the MLS is best. And I, you know, I could show my bias and say that they are MLS best. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a contending team. And this organization has that history of winning, um, I said it on the CSS on Converge episode today, uh, and it, it it still rings true. You know, the Sounders are the team that I am the most confident in in Seattle. Uh, the most confident I am in a team in contending, in the, the soonest that is. You know, the Storm, it, I, it's the free agency mess is it's it's a mess right now. The the rain, I wouldn't say are too far off, but the season and the league as a whole are wild. Um, the Mariners, not, no, not yet. Um, playoffs, yes. Contention, no. Um, the Seahawks, no. Got to make some changes. Um the Seawolves, uh, they've they've got some issues to sort out. Uh, Seahawks, Mariners, Sounders, Storm, Rain, Seawolves. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, the uh, Sounders are the team that the pro team in Seattle that I am most convinced are the closest to actually contending for a title uh, in the near future. Um and that's, you know, there's, there's several things that go into that, whether it's the, uh, the front office and how they have established this sort of uh, winning mentality, winning aura, winning program, winning culture that comes with the Sounders organization. Um, you know, the coaching staff, you know, whether it's, whether it is Brian Schmetzer, Tommy Dutra, you know, it's, it's funny to see, I won't say that, um, but, you know, having the guys in this team that you do and the, the accolades, I mean, with JP being an MVP finalist last season, Raul, you know, being near the top of the league and goals scored, uh, 
so many guys may, you know, being part of national teams, which, you know, hurt the team in a way last season. Uh, but also adding a guy like Rusnak, you know, uh, and retaining so many key players. And if you just look at the depth on this team, it's insane. So at least for me, it's the closest team, you know, that we have towards winning a title. Um, speaking of players, a former player joined the team as an assistant coach. Andy Rose joins the team as an assistant coach following his 10-year playing career, spending seven of those 10 years uh, with Seattle and Vancouver. Um, oh, well, what I was going to say that I said, oh, I don't know if I want to say that, um, was that people want to be here, whether that's coaches or that's players. That's evident with Rusnak, evident with, um, oh, shoot, I forgot his name. The nice gentleman who came from Real Salt Lake. Um, not Rusnak, but the coach. Uh, that's my apologies. Um, you know, and to have Andy Rose come back, I mean, it's so evident, you know, you once a sounder, you're always a sounder. So um, even Nicolas Benazé, you know, not going to be back with the team this next season, but even he said that. And a guy that it was, uh, you know, is not coming back to the team unless something happens. I don't think he's coming back, but he said it himself. He said, once a sounder, always a sounder. Um, so um, also, the Sounders announced their preseason schedule. So the first part of it, the January 14th through 23rd window has closed. That was training in Seattle. The next one is January 24th through the February uh, 1st of February, which is training camp in Tucson. Uh, there will be two exhibition games uh, in that period of time, uh, one versus the Portland Timbers and the other versus the Colorado Rapids. Uh, then February 2nd through 8th, coming back to Seattle for more training. Uh, and then February 9th through 15th training camp in Palm Springs featuring uh, a exhibition match versus the LA galaxy, whether those games will be streamed or not is something that I am not currently sure of. Um, so yeah, uh, big expectations for the Sounders this season. Um. As we head over to league news here, uh, the MLS uh, has a club that landed a, well, landed, air quotes, a, a huge betting deal. The Houston Dynamo signed a partnership deal with Fubo Gaming that could be worth up to $178 million, uh, but both sides are currently waiting for Texas to legalize sports betting. It's just funny to me that Texas, of all places, has not legalized sports betting, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but the Sounders continue their offseason as they head into while well, they're now in their uh, preseason training area. Moving over to our Seattle Storm here. Um, have some good news and some bad news. We'll start with the <laughs> sort of bad news. Um, Brianna Stewart report Stewart. Brianna Stewart reportedly met with the New York Liberty Brass. The free agent superstar met with team owners Joe and Clara Sai front office staff and head coach Sandy Brondello. Now, um, this has been a big topic, obviously, among WNBA Twitter uh, since the news dropped um, because, you know, Stewie, one of, if not the best player in this league, went healthy. Um, and, and I don't know. It's interesting. You know, on one side of this coin, Brianna Stewart has given me no reason 
to think that she would go against her word of saying that she will be back in Seattle and that she wants to be back in Seattle. Uh, right. Um, you know, Sue Bird's coming back. So that only like, like adds, adds to that likeliness. Um, but also on the other side of this coin, uh, Stewie is from Syracuse, New York. Uh, she played at UConn, um, you know, has the opportunity, would have the opportunity to play with Sabrina Ionesco, Benesha Laney, Natasha Howard, Sammy Whitcomb uh, in New York, you know, so um, and, and anywhere that Stewie goes would instantly become at least a contender, right? So at least, uh, except for maybe Atlanta, um, but it's, it's, I think, it, you know, the, the possibility of New York scouting it out for next year, you know, the idea that, oh, okay, go and play that final year with Sue Bird and, um, you know, help her get to that mountaintop, let her finish out on top, um, and then come and play for New York, right? Because then you've got three titles under your belt. Um, let me make sure that's correct. Sorry, sometimes my mind is all over the place. Um Yeah, I mean, from New York, you know, went to Yukon. Yeah. Yes, two time. So two titles would make it three titles, you know, basically accomplish all you need to in Seattle. And then, you know, I would say the one of the, if not the only factor in Stewie staying in Seattle long term would be Drew Lloyd, right? Because would Stewie want to hang out in Seattle? with no clear idea of what's going to happen in a post Sue Bird and Jewel Lloyd world in Seattle. Right. Because even with Jewel Lloyd, we have no idea what's going on. Um, I mean, obviously she's been cored, but that doesn't guarantee that she'll be here past this season, let alone even at this season, you know? So like I said, in the CSS on Converge episode earlier today, it all starts with Jewel. It all starts with Jewel. Um, but I mean, technically, we won't really even know anything until next Tuesday, um, because that's when I believe uh, WNBA players can start signing contracts. So that'll just add even more madness to everything. Um, and the good news <laughs> was that the Storm hired two new assistant coaches, the first being Pokey Chapman. Chapman used to be the head coach of the Indiana Fever, Chicago Sky and Louisiana State University Tigers. She also played at LSU. And then the other one would be Ebony Hoffman. Hoffman previously played for 11 seasons in the WNBA, playing for the Fever, Sparks, and Sun. She won the league's most improved player award in 2008. Uh, Notably, though, from those not rejoining the assistant coach squad for Noelle Quinn would be Gary Kloppenberg. Kloppenberg. Uh, most notably helped the Storm win their 2020 title as head coach. Uh, Dan Hughes was at home as uh, he was a high-risk candidate in the pandemic. So, yeah, Uh, as I said, you know, with the Storm, things are going to get really interesting this offseason. 
And, you know, even unless things are really sorted out for the next few years this offseason somehow, you know, with some long-term deals, things could also really shape out next season, next offseason as well. Um, you know, and this sense of security that was typically had with the storm isn't exactly around right now. Um, it's it's a big year, obviously, with uh, Sue Bird. It's her final year. Um, but there's still a lot of work to be done, um, you know, because you don't just get given the title if it's, you know, a legend's final year, right? So I don't know, man. It's 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 a difficult slope, especially because, like I said, like I had just mentioned, you know, the storms for so long where somebody say, oh, well, the storm have Stewie and Sue Bird. Well, not so long, but for a good amount, you know, in the recent years, you could look over and say, well, the storm have that big three, you know, as long as they're healthy, they, we should be fine, you know? Um, so that'll be, that'll be something to look at. And, you know, it, it's, it's one of the bigger off season, you know, it's, it's interesting. We look at these, these teams now with all of them, except for the Kraken being, none of them are in their regular season, except for the Kraken right now. Um, so many, you know, the Seahawks have a really important offseason. The Mariners have a really important offseason. The Sounders, um, I'd say it's important, but not to the magnitude as the other teams, right? The Storm have a really important offseason. Uh, the Rain had a pretty important offseason. You know, you'd like to build off of the success that you had last year, um, especially now with the expansion sides coming into play. It's more competition and um, yeah, more competition, more of a fight to the title. Um, and the Seawolves, you know, coming off of some bad seasons, it, you'd like to see some good improvement there. It's it's uh, it's not like too much. There's a team that you could look at and say we're in, except for the Sounders and the Rain. Um, the other teams are not in this sort of we need to reload kind of mode. They're like, we need to retool some things. We need to figure some things out. And then we can take our next steps forward. So there's my long-winded tract on that. This is your time to check out Maestro Athletics. That is M-A-E-S-T-R-O-A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-S.com. Maestro Athletics. Um, The most popular things I know of at the moment are the Rep Seattle hoodie and beanie. Uh, The hoodie comes in Heather Gray and a uh, navy blue uh, about the beanie though i had several people in the past two days ask me where i got it um and i got one from my coworker. um oh. almost fell over um got one from my coworker, um and the other one uh someone working at the mod pizza that i was at um really enjoyed it and i was able to share that with them so um if you want to support local you want to rep seattle there's no better way to do it um
Yes, that is maestroathletics.com. Um, looking at our Seattle Kraken over here, um, the Kraken played three games over the past week uh, since we last spoke to you, um, starting with the January 20th game against the San Jose Sharks, the first of a two-game doubleheader, a two-game back-to-back. Um, that game, Seattle would lose, pardon me, would win three to two. Player of the game would be defender Carson Soucy. Uh, with two goals, a three plus minus, two shots on goal, one hit, and one block. Uh, January 21st. Oof. January 21st. And that second game of that back to back would be against the St. Louis Blues, um, playing them for the second time in as many weeks. Um, this time at home, though, losing that game zero to five. Uh, really just tough game. I mean, you know, you come off of two, two close wins. Um, and you just get absolutely drubbed by a good team. It's just difficult, you know. It's just a difficult situation. Um, and you just kind of want to get a game like that out of the way and move on from it, right? Um, and then yeah, so no player of the game. Don't even think about that. Um, and then against the league best, league best in points. The Florida Panthers, Seattle would win that game five to three. So um, Seattle has beat three teams this season um, twice. That would be beating Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres twice, um, the San Jose Sharks, and then now the Florida Panthers, Florida, the best team in the league points wise, you know, um, beating them on home, their home ice, which was the uh, Panthers first loss at home uh back in november and um november yes um and then what was it oh yeah and then yet beating them now you know uh coming off of that five nothing loss um you know when like that i've talked about this idea of having wins that are going to be building blocks. Um, I have to feel like that game is going to be one of them. Uh, After that loss to the Blues, Jordan Eberle talked about, you know, after that Blues game, there were, it was, it was the midway point of the season for the team, you know, 41 games down, 41 games to go. Um, And Eberle said that there two things uh, that the team needs to work on, you know, to finish out the year. Um, and it would be uh, finding an identity uh, and improving gradually over the course of the season. Um, and I think that uh, a game like that game against Florida is exactly uh, what could as a great launching point for that beginning of that. Right. You know, um, you look at it. Uh, I mean, several players talked about it after the game as well. Um, this te- It was a game that the team co- was committed to. Um, you know, several guys sacrificing them, their bodies uh, for blocks. Carson Soucy going down in this game and not returning um, after a point in the second period with a an injury. Um, so the defenseman had to pick that burden up. Um, 
And, you know, you're playing a team like Florida, they're going to score goals. They've got a great offensive unit. Um, so that's, that's a lot of pressure on the defenseman to come and take over that, you know, when you're down a man, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're down a man, you know, you're playing a team like, like Florida. It's, it's not an easy trek. Um, and then, you know, two of the goals that Florida scores are just really unlucky but your goalkeeper stays in it. Um, it. It was a great game. And Yanni Gord said it himself. He said that, you know, when the team is uh, playing like this place, like a team plays together like that, you know, they're a hard team to beat. And that's what they need to play like, you know, for this remaining half of the season. And that would be great to see, you know, just even, even what Everly said in, in finding an identity and, uh, improving gradually. I don't need this team to try and flick the switch overnight because it's just not going to happen. Um, what I do need to see, though, is that gradual improvement as we finish out the year and you know move move forward through this inaugural season. Um, that that would be a success story um, in my eyes. If if there was one, you know, everybody has those expect. Not everybody there are delusional people who have these expectations of um, a Vegas like stretch for this team. And that's not going to happen. That never was going to happen. Um, But yes. So my, my point being, you know, that gradual improvement is what uh, we should all look for. Sorry. had to fix a chair here. Um, that gradual improvement over the rest of the season is what you should hope for and what you should look for as a fan of this team going forward. Um, I'll play the game for that Florida game. Uh, it would be Ford Mason Appleton recording one goal, one assist, two points, a one plus minus, and three shots on goal. Uh, an injury-related news on January the 17th, Ford Morgan Geeky was placed on injured reserve. And then on the 19th, goaltender Antoine Bebo was uh, admitted into the NHL COVID protocol list. Uh, in team-related news, the Kraken announced their team dog. Uh, the team dog's name is Davy Jones. He is a four-month-old Husky mix that is training to become a therapy dog. He was adopted from the group Dog Gone Seattle, a foster-based rescue organization in the Seattle area. He will live with Chris Scarborough, who is the lead developer of the uh, Climate Pledge Arena and Seattle Kraken app. And as part of the partnership with Canada, uh, Davey will train with the Alliance of Therapy Dogs and will make appearances at community events throughout the year, as well as making periodical visits to the Kraken's hospital partner at Virginia Mason Franciscan Health when it is deemed safe to do so. Um, also on the 17th, the team claimed forward Carson Kuhlman off of waivers from Boston. Sorry, Carson, if uh, Davy Jones might have stolen the spotlight there. On the 18th, goaltender Joey Decord was recalled from the Charlotte Checkers. In response to that move, forward Max McCormick was sent down to Charlotte. Uh, on the 20th, the team activated Ford Morgan Geeky off of injured reserve and assigned forward Alex True to the taxi squad. And then on the 21st, Alexander True was reassigned from the taxi squad uh, to the Charlotte Checkers. I do believe 
that I have an updated move here from later in the day for you. Let me be 100% sure of that. Yes, um, today on the 24th, the Kraken recalled defenseman Kale Flurry, brother of Hayden Flurry, to the taxi squad from the uh, Charlotte Checkers and reassigned a goaltender Antoine Bebo to Charlotte. So uh, Kale coming up to the big squad with his brother now. Um, interested to, well, Uh, well, the taxi squad. So he could see minutes and more than likely will. So um, since defenseman Carson Soucy is out with an injury, it seems um, no official diagnosis there. And then Jamie Alexiak has also been dealing with injury as well, um, which has been deemed a sort of mix between, excuse me, a lower body injury and illness, which is, um, an interesting mix um and it's interesting to have both of those things and i doubt that they're related um you never know um so uh in league related news the nhl will change its testing protocols beginning in february the league will stop testing asymptomatic players similar to the well no not similar to the nfl um and then the vancouver canucks made a historic hire uh, Vancouver hired Emily Castanguay to become their first female assistant general manager in franchise history. Uh, with that all being said, the Kraken moved to a 13-win, 24-loss, 5-overtime loss record, equaling 30 points for the organization. Their division standing is still 8th. Uh, looking ahead, the Kraken have a four-game slate ahead of them this upcoming week, three of those games being on the road starting off. Uh, on January 25th versus the Nashville Predators with a seven o'clock puck drop here in Seattle. Uh, then their first road trip game is January 27th at the Pittsburgh Penguins with a four o'clock start time. That is Pacific time. That is um, January 29th begins the first of two games in New York morning games. Those are uh, January 29th at the New York Islanders with an 11 o'clock starting time. And then January 30th at the New York Rangers with a 10 a.m. starting time. Heading over to our OL Rain here um, in team news, similar to the Sounders, the Rain made several signings official, uh, the first of which being defender Phoebe McLaren, who was recently, not, well, not recently, but previously um, acquired in a trade um mclaren was signed through the 2023 season a two-year deal with a one-year club option uh the club re-signed forward ziara king through the 2023 season uh they signed their eighth overall draft pick uh from this past year in zani kajan for the 2022 season with a team option for 2023 signed undrafted free agent midfielder from UCLA, Olivia Athens to a one-year deal with a one-year club option. Uh, re-signed midfielder and NWSL MVP from this past season, Jess Fishlock, to a two-year deal with a one-year club option, so keeping the club original in Seattle. Uh, signed goalkeeper Laurel Ivory to a one-year deal with an option for 2023, as well as goalkeeper Claudia Dickey to a one-year deal with a club option for 23 identical deals there. Um, some noted that it was interesting that the club signed, uh, two goalkeepers, but with that being said, the club had the same amount 
um, at this time of, well, not this time of year, but the club had the same amount uh, at a point last season too. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. You know, you know, the, the club had Sarah Booty last season and I obviously don't think that's going to happen this season. Um, but I'm wondering uh, what players uh, Leon will send over. Um, Cause I have to figure that they would, right. You know, having such um, success with Eugenie last summer, last summer, last summer, I didn't mean to say last summer, but Eugenie last summer, having her last season, having Jennifer Marazon, uh, having Sarah Booty, uh, all, you know, played great success in the rain, uh, ending up in second in the league table. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes over to Seattle um, to help this team this upcoming season. Because, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a big season, and it's going to be bigger than normal um, with the new expansion squads joining. Um, okay. So we head along here, uh, the Seawolves, uh, in their past game, they played their first game of the preseason on January 22nd versus the Seattle rugby club, winning that game 76 to eight, uh, looking ahead, the Seawolves next matchup is January 28th versus the Hartford Harpooners with a seven o'clock start time here at Tukwila uh, at Starfire Sports. Uh, the Seattle Supersonics obviously don't have news for uh, just just a small league news thing. You know, we talked about Dak Prescott earlier um, in his comments that he made after the Cowboys lost. Uh, the NBA reps condemned, condemned Dak Prescott for his comments, uh, stating that uh, his comments condoned violence against their NFL counterparts on Sunday. Nothing huge or really big um, about the XFL, except for the fact that I have to correct myself and state that we know that the um, kickoff is now not until 2023. Um, So that was my bad. I had forgotten about that. Um, (laughs) So we'll put that in there so we don't keep wondering when we'll hear about this upcoming season uh, and make sure it's known that it's not, you know, it, it won't be until next year, which, you know, sucks, but uh, at least we have an idea of it. And it's not like the Sonics where it's like, oh, well, it should be soon. Right. You know, so, um, yes, XFL, we won't have that sort of thing until the year of 2023. But uh, also with that being said, we should hear more um, information um about how the league and so will play out just because of the fact that uh throughout the season that will be something you know in the build-up to the league coming back we'll have to hear that sort of information whether it's you know which players we might see you know uh you know rules teams uh, locations all that sort of thing um it'll be exciting to see how that plays out um and you know hoping that they have a team in seattle because at least uh, from the one game that I went to, it was a fun experience. Um, and I know that a lot of people had fun with that uh, when the uh, when the Seattle Dragons were a thing. And it's funny, I still see the Seattle Dragons merchandise around the city here and there. Um, 
so that would yeah that would be something cool to have uh once again uh moving on in UW athletics in general pack uh general college news uh the NCAA is changing its trans transgender athlete rules so instead of having a not uh, an NCAA specific approach for transgender athletes uh, the NCAA will defer to the national and international governing bodies of each sport um, for those rules going forward, which is a interesting move uh, that it would just be like, ah, we're going to defer and just not really take that responsibility. Um, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, oops. What the heck did I do? Weird. Okay. Um in you know, football-related news, the Huskies scheduled a home-and-away series with Tennessee for 2029 and 2030. It is the first time that the Volunteers and Huskies will battle in football. UW will travel to Tennessee on September 1st, 2029, and the Volunteers will travel to Seattle on September 7th, 2030. It will be Tennessee's first-ever game in the state of Washington. Um, so that, that's interesting, but it's, you know, with the scheduling of these games, I won't even, you know, what, seven years from now? Jeez, man, you know, it would be funny to see uh, what I'll be doing seven years from now, how things will be going with that, who the coach will be, right? Jeez, <laughs> um, seven years from now. Those, oh, God, you know, I don't even want to think about it. Anyway, uh, UW landed two transfers, the first being running back Aaron Dumas. Uh, Dumas will join Washington after rushing for 658 yards as a true freshman with New Mexico. And then the other one being a star linebacker, Cam Bright, joins UW from Pitt. Uh, Bright had 177 tackles and 100, pardon me, 177 tackles and 9.5 sacks since 2018. Uh, Bright is in his sixth year of eligibility, sixth and final year of eligibility. Uh, in UW men's basketball, uh, the Huskies played two games down in Oregon, the first on the 20th at Oregon State, uh, winning that game 80 to se- 82 to 72, player of the game being Terrell Brown Jr. with 27 points, five assists, and six rebounds. The second one being January 23rd at Oregon, losing that game in embarrassing fashion, 56 to 84. The Huskies were held to less than 20 points at halftime. So that's all I will say about that game. Play of the game being Terrell Brown Jr. once again uh, with 14 points, two assists, and two rebounds. Um, In team-related news, that game against um, the Beavers on the 20th, Coach Mike Hopkins would not be active in that game, would not be part uh, of the team as he was uh, placed in COVID protocol. Uh, assistant coach Will Conroy earned his first uh, win uh, as a head coach. So that was interesting to see. The uh, The team was uh, really overjoyed to have Conroy there and uh, the, the, pot, the reaction was really positive. So that was cool to see. Uh, men's college basketball news. John Stockton has his season tickets removed. Stockton can no longer attend games at Gonzaga is all a matter because of his refusal to comply with the mask mandate. So good job, John, you fucking idiot. Um, the Husky record now sits at nine and eight for men's basketball. Their upcoming games are January 27th versus Colorado at eight o'clock here at home and January 29th versus Utah at two o'clock here at home. 
for the women's basketball team, they also played Oregon, but both of those games would be here at home. The first being January 21st versus Oregon uh, lost 61 to 68. That was a really close game uh, that the Huskies really hung around in for the longest time. But Oregon went on a run. The Huskies went on a five-minute uh, stretch where they did not score a field goal. And you can't do that, obviously, in, against any team. Uh, player of the game would be Lauren Schwartz with 18 points, four assists, and five rebounds. Uh, on January 23rd, the Huskies would play versus Oregon State at home, uh, losing that game 41-47. to 47. Player of the game would be Nancy Mulkey with 12 points, six rebounds, three assists, and three blocks. The UW women's basketball team record now sits at five and seven. Their next upcoming games are January 28th and 30th versus Washington state. The January 28th matchup being a seven o'clock game and the January 30th game being a 12 o'clock start. Uh, I'm imagining that one of those games is due to a reschedule. So that is why more than likely we are seeing that there. I'm 99% sure uh, that one of those games was uh, rescheduled because of COVID. Uh, no baseball news, no softball news, no soccer news, no volleyball, no hockey. So uh, with that being said, I want to thank you all for listening. I hope that uh, you have checked out the interview that I did uh, with Mish Powell over the past week. I'm excited again to uh, really be back in the interview swing of things. Uh, the way that it stands right now, um, let me go and look at this numbers. Wow, shoot. Okay. Let me see if I can find it. Ooh. Okay. So after the Mish interview and now where we sit at, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven interviews lined up at the moment um, that have already been recorded and are already waiting to be released. Um, I have I, I might have to move some of them around due to uh um just clearance things. Um but it was it was really cool to get these all done um and to speak with everybody that I have um and just to create this content that I've been able to create. Um so with that being said, um until we see you all again, um which would be next, next, uh, well, wow, that's the beginning of February. Uh, the next episode will drop. Until then, uh, take care. Try and keep yourself warm. Try and not worry about some of these teams. Uh, we'll have you covered when you come back next week. Uh, be safe, be well, um, and have a good day, good night, or good morning. Baba Bowie.